Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. And I'm Leslie Pearson. And today we're going to talk about the condo market in the GTA. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well. Today we are going to have a conversation about the condo market, uh, which represents about 50% of the transactions that happen uh, in the GTA. So very important segment of our market. Uh, But let's have a catch up first. Leslie, how's your week or two gone? It's been good. Um, The um, strong market continues. Um, uh, Lots, uh, I think a chronic problem continuing is uh, lack of inventory. Um, I've been reading about a little bit of the frenzy in Durham kind of moderating a bit, but still very strong as a seller's market for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. How about you? Yeah, good. Yeah, good for me too. Um, I actually have had a very busy condo week. Um, had three condos uh, sell this week, all lots of offers, 14, 15, um, so very strong. It's nice and to all see. over the place, and all different kinds of condos. So. Yeah, all mm-hmm. different kinds of condos. So I, you know, that's great news for mm-hmm. the condo owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as good for the condo buyer. <laughs> People that were hoping to get a deal those days seem to have gone. Yeah, I don't think they're deals. Yeah, I also uh, have been involved in some commercial property this week, which has also been nuts, and also basic old residential. And there's been a few homes that my clients have offered on this week that have gone for stupid prices. Mm-hmm. So, but I am also seeing some weirdness happening. Like there was a, a house we, my clients were interested in in Halton this week, one in Oakville, which we thought was going to go way over asking. They didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they took it off the market, relisted. And then one, which was our second choice, but we decided to go for because we thought it would be less busy. Yeah, had nine up. offers. Uh-huh. And we got that one, which is great. But um, yeah, it's been weird. So I don't know if that was just a fluke or we're starting to or see. Or if that's a sign of a transitioning market, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Hard to say. It is hard to say. I think for me, what I have found and you're probably the same, but every single year at the end of spring, people seem to get what I like to refer to as multiple offer fatigue. Yeah. Maybe that's happening a little bit early, yeah. earlier because it hasn't stopped. We haven't had a break. Right. And some people are just like, ah, oh, forget it. I'm mm-hmm. tired of losing. Let's mm-hmm. just wait it out. I don't know. Probably mm-hmm. not. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly lots of interesting, negative as usual, media attention about the, the real estate market in Canada. People are looking uh, to the government to implement some new measures to try to cool the market down. Um, you know, and I get this question every day from people, and I don't think that there's much we can do about what's going on in the real estate market. The government is always a little bit leery to try to implement those measures. And the reason is because, uh, for the most part, it doesn't work for most of the country. I mean, it's really just a few heated markets. I mean, right now it's it's a lot of Canada, but, you know, we've got heated markets in, um, in Alberta, 
Vancouver's been good. Um, certainly, much heated, more heated market in the on the east coast than normal, but they're still sitting at about six, seven months of inventory as opposed to twelve. So right. that's better for them. But uh, so you know, you can't really implement these national wide mm-hmm. measures, Blankets. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it only affects certain markets. So. You know, we'll see where that lands. I think uh, I would say the same thing I say to everybody all the time. And just, you know, if you are thinking about buying real estate, don't let the media attention hold you back. Just do what you're going to do and think of it as a longer term investment. and, And that's it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So we thought today we'd talk about the condo market because, you know, for the most part, we have seen a huge increase in the amount of activity that's going on in condos. And a lot of people that I'm talking to right now are thinking about buying a condo for the first time because they can't afford to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And so this conversation might be helpful for those of you who are thinking about buying a condo. There's a lot of misconception I encounter all the time, especially about things like maintenance fees. People don't understand what it means and mm-hmm. they don't want to pay fees, but mm-hmm. they don't understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so let's talk a little bit first of all about what a condo corporation is um, or what a condo is. And a condo, uh, condominium obviously, condo is something that is run by a corporation and the corporation comprised of, you know, a number of different board members have, uh, are responsible for maintaining the money for the overall condo. Um, that's it in a nutshell. Now the condo can be a high rise. It can be a low rise. It can be townhomes. There's all different types of condos. And so when people say they don't like condos, oh, I don't want to live in a condo. I think they they are often referring to some high-rise building. But a condo can even be a group of townhomes. Yeah. I think that when people say the word condo, what they're referring to typically is what we might have in the past, like more of like an apartment. Apartment. Not yeah. a townhouse. People aren't thinking of that. And they're not thinking of different styles of buildings, as you say. They're mm-hmm. thinking of the bowling alley little condo, little apartment. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've got lots of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's all different types. So, you know, th- you have to think we group them all under condo. Our, our housing in Ontario is divided between freehold, which means there are no maintenance fees, and condos, mm-hmm. which means that there are maintenance fees for something. Right. Those maintenance fees vary, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But under the condo umbrella, we do have townhomes. We have high-rise buildings. We have lofts. We have hard lofts and soft lofts. We have um, co-op buildings. There's all different types that fall under the condo umbrella. So, you know, when you think about going into a condo or you're thinking about buying a condo, the first thing you want to think about is what type of, of thing you like. Yeah. What type of, uh, well, where you want to be, what type of building you're looking for. Is it, you know, one of those high-rise buildings? Is it a more niche, boutique low-rise building? Is it two level, one level, hard, soft? Lots of things to think about. So that decision at the outset is important. Yeah. Um, and you talk about maintenance fees. So um, when you buy any of these kinds of condos that we're talking about, uh, you are buying your unit 
Um, and in addition to everybody's individual units, there are common elements. And that's a big difference between buying a, something that's part of a condo corporation and something that's freehold. Um, and that's hard for people to wrap their head around sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the common elements um, in a condo can be as simple as uh, a shared laneway. Right. For townhomes, for example, they have a shared laneway at the back for their parking. Right. But in some buildings, it could be the... A swimming pool. Pool and the bowling alley right. and the games room and, and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, you're right. The first thing you really you need to kind of figure out is uh, why do you want a condo? Right. Is it because you want the amenities? You don't want to do any work yourself? Right. Because you, you can buy a townhouse that is not a condo. So you can buy like a freehold townhouse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing to consider. Do I first of all do I want to buy something that's freehold and doesn't have those common elements, those maintenance fees, those shared responsibilities, um, or do I? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think most people want to buy a condo. From my perspective, for two reasons: number one, it's more affordable. Yep. And number two, they don't want to do the work themselves. Yes. Yeah. You know, so for if you're the kind of person who who isn't around a lot, maybe you take off in the summers or the winters to go to Florida, you know, condos are great yeah, option so for you. So much easier to maintain. To maintain, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or people, you know, people like me who have no interest in doing any mm-hmm. yard work whatsoever, mm-hmm. you know, not that I live in a condo, but it, that's that's a perfect opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So then we look at sort of um the different options, and like we said, uh, you know, some of these big high-rise buildings have everything in them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important point is because if you are buying a condo because you want the amenities, mm-hmm. um, you have to really kind of figure out which buildings are going to, you know, fit your lifestyle and the types of things that you want. Because some of these buildings are fantastic. They are little cities. They have their own restaurants. They have everything inside, valet parking, you name it. It's all contained in this one little building. And so for a lot of people, that's a value, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're the kind of person who doesn't think that you're going to use those amenities, but you have them anyway. And why you, would you choose to pay for them? Then probably mm. you're going to be paying for them. Yeah. yeah. And that really kind of brings us to the whole conversation about maintenance fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just start by saying the number one thing people say to me all the time is I want a two-bedroom, two-bath condo. I want at least 1,000 square feet but I don't want to pay high maintenance fees. <laughs> well, maintenance fees people go buy square footage. Yes. In every case. And so um, the more space you have, the more you're paying. Yes. So if you don't want to pay high maintenance fees, but you want a large space, that doesn't usually go together. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we talk about maintenance fees, and there are there really there's no formula for this. They are all over the map in terms of price and 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 what you're getting, right? We get some maintenance fees that cover everything, your cable, your parking, your your uh, heat and hydro, your water. So you pay one fee and you don't pay anything else. No utilities. And yeah, so some people get sticker shock when they hear the maintenance fees and they say this building is this, but in this building it's, you know, this. And so you really have to dig deeper and find out what they include because 
you know, that can be a, make a big difference. That can explain uh, a lot about why the maintenance yeah. fees are so much higher because they include those things and you aren't paying a separate hydro bill. That's right. And people don't get that because mm-hmm. I think, you know, if we're looking at, say, 800 square feet versus 800 square feet, one of them is $600 a month but mm-hmm. doesn't include anything. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you only get water. Most of them include your water. But you don't get heat and hydro and you don't – and you might get parking, but you don't get anything else. But the other one includes your heat, hydro, and your cable – but it's nine hundred dollars a month. Yeah, you have, you have to, to do compare apples and apples. Yeah, make yeah. sure you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, and that's the biggest problem I find with people. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times you you try to explain to them, they still don't seem to always understand. Yeah, that. I agree. I have a. I get. A, I hear about that a lot. I I also get a lot of pushback about. You know, when people are debating whether to buy freehold or condo, just push back about the idea of paying maintenance fees anyway. Right. But I mean, you have to get over that hurdle. It is what it is. And yeah. there's a good reason for it. That's right. And you have, if you're buying a condo, if you made that decision, you just have to accept it. Yep. It's called mm-hmm. convenience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And some of these buildings that do include everything, um, when you really work it out, it's might sometimes even be less expensive than you're paying in your own freehold yeah. house, yeah. right? It just kind of depends on yeah. your usage and stuff like that. Yeah. Like if you've got a family of, you know, four and you're two teenagers are in the shower 24-7 and, you know, using every electricity, (laughs) electrical outlet in the place, you know, you're better off probably having an all-inclusive maintenance fee. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing we should point out is that condo townhomes, which are usually larger than your average uh, building unit, they always have less maintenance fees. Yeah. And that's just because they don't usually come with anything. And right. you don't get any, any amenities for most of them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, that 800 unless, square isn't it, foot, unless they're attached to a... A large building. Yeah. And that sometimes happens yeah. for sure. But most, um, many condo buildings have a few townhouses mm-hmm. as part of them. So in those cases, you would have access to the amenities, yeah. but often they'd be kind of just condo townhouses. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they wouldn't have amenities. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some people prefer the condo townhouse idea because they get their own front door. Yeah. Right? You don't have to use the elevator. Yep. Um, it's more like a home. Yep. Uh, so that's something to consider. You know, they're, they're, if you kind of prefer the two-level, you know, idea where you want a house but you can't afford a house, a condo town might be a great option for yeah, you. Yeah, I agree. You know. And not only that you can't afford it, but you just want that simpler living um, because there typically wouldn't be really much, if any, backyard space. And so your maintenance on your own, your upkeep of a property of a townhouse as opposed to a home is, is going to be less. Exactly. Even if there are uh, no amenities. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about one thing I think that's really important and trying to explain to people what they should be looking for when they're buying a condo. And I think uh, for me, if you're buying in a building, the number one thing that you need to be considering is view. Mm -hmm. Because the view, no matter what, never really changes, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. may have a building go up in front of you or something like that, but the view always trumps everything else about the building and the unit. Right. It's view. And so often I will show units where I showed one recently where a uh, beautiful unit, really nice building, look out the window and you look onto the garbage. Right. The garbage, yes. whatever. Yeah. Garbage area. Right. And in my client really liked this unit and kept saying, yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. I really like it. And 
you know, I mean, I probably won't be out there that much anyway. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, but from a resale perspective, you have to think about view. Yeah. Now, you know, some of my clients um, understand that that's what their budget gets them. True. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, you know, a compromise. But I agree with you. And that's why there's a... Uh, incremental difference in, don't you think, in value, the higher yeah. you go in a building because of that view. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and for sure. And I think, you know, if any anywhere in the city where you're south facing, if you're on a higher floor, you can probably see the water. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're up on Bloor, mm-hmm. that's still a value, yeah. right? Because you can still see yeah. the water. Mm-hmm. And a lake view in any type of property is always what's most important mm-hmm. from a value perspective right. here. Yeah. Now, certainly there are some people that prefer a city view and I, and if you can get both your life mm-hmm. is good, but mm-hmm. you know, a city view is wonderful as well, but the lake view is really what people want want for the most part. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or at least um, if you are doing a city view, at least not looking Closely, directly into another building. So, yes. So there are some city views where, you know, and I've looked at a lot recently at Young and Shepherd, where, um, you know, it isn't a great lake view, but uh, the buildings across the street are stepped back a Mm -hmm. little bit or they're low rise. And so, you know, there's at least you're not looking right into somebody's. Huge. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's for me the biggest issue. Yeah, me too. Especially, if you're looking right at another building. Yeah, and especially right downtown, like yeah. in Liberty Village. Like, you have to be yeah. very careful with these units is because when you're standing in there and you look one way, oh, that's nice. You look the other way, you're like, oh, hey, there's right. Johnny with his pants off. Right. The, right. Yeah, that's never a good yeah. idea. So, And the other thing is along um, major routes. Like, I've, as I mentioned, I've been looking a lot at Young and Shepherd. So I always uh, ask my, we, my buyers and I always go out on the balcony. And uh, at the south facing there, if you're right on the highway, you're never going to use your balcony. You are never going to open your windows. So that's the one exception to the south facing, I think. Yeah. Although you know, it's you good may, for traffic can... reporting. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm out there, I'm like, oh, look, there's an accident over there. At, uh, <laughs> you can see everything. So yeah. lake view, but highway view. Absolutely. And highway noise. And highway noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's a story. That's a, that's a whole topic for another day, yeah. even certain... Even so, yes, yeah. So I, we always anywhere. go to the balcony and say, "Shh, listen." Yeah, and uh, because you know, and that's one of the things I think that's really important. Because I've lived in condos, I've lived in homes, um, and I'm used to. I've lived on many main streets. I'm used to the noise, but when I'm you're in a high rise or you're higher than the ground floor, and your window is open and you're on a main street, the sound carries and you can hear yeah. way more than you could if you were on the ground floor. Yeah. And so um, that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. I think that's really important yeah. for everybody to and sit Another thing to keep in outside. mind related to that is um, some of these high-rise buildings, you know, another reason I'll say, shh, let's be quiet, is the wind zipping around in them. Yeah. You know, you can, yeah. uh, like, I would not be able to tolerate that Well, myself. we looked at, I looked at one the other day at 99 Harbor. Oh, yeah. And um, beautiful old building. And the views were absolutely spectacular. But right. I... I, the wind rattled yeah. the the windows yeah. in this place. Like, yeah. it was like a freight train yeah. in your unit on the thirty fourth floor. Yeah, I agree. Of a two and a half mm-hmm. million dollar, who would live like that? Mm-hmm. Right. And so even it wasn't even a windy day, and like even going out into the balcony, it was just like, psh, like there's no way, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so these are things that you really have mm-hmm. to look at, mm-hmm. and I think that um, you know being on the high floors are phenomenal. Yes. If it's not too, yeah. Wendy, well, it was interesting. I just sold that place at 90 Cherry, which for those of you who know anything about 
that neighborhood is in the distillery district and it was on the 24th floor and the views are like to die for but one of the uh, agents that came through said her client didn't like it because it was too windy to go out on the balcony. It's a yeah. big corner-facing yeah. balcony. And I've been out there a hundred times where it's just dead still. Yeah. So, you know, some yeah. of that just depends on the I had a listing too. last summer at 386 Young. And when I went to first see it, I was blown away by the wind circulating in the unit. And yeah. I called the owner and said, wow, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, weird. Yeah, I okay. had never experienced that. So it just happened to be like a windier mm-hmm. day. I don't know. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, this is a couple of things. Yeah. Be quiet and listen. Stand still for a bit. Go out on the balcony. Yeah. Um, and now check out, the other thing I was going to say is try to check out the amenities. The problem right now with COVID is that most of these amenities are closed. Mm-hmm. But it's important if you can get pictures or you can walk around and you can kind of see what they look like, look in the windows. Because I'm telling you right now, one of the things people use that people always don't think they'll use is the party room. Because they have small units, but they want to have Christmas dinner. Right. And maybe then there's 10 people who don't fit right. in their home or, you know, yeah. they want to have a little birthday party. The party room is something I think is definitely worth looking into in every building if you're going to use it and how much it's going to cost you. Because friends of mine that have uh, condos and use their party rooms for everything, like mm-hmm. they don't rent venues for mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So that's a real benefit to yeah. people who live in those buildings. Yeah. And there, too, I think it depends on what and where you're buying in terms of how much those amenities are used. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at some condos this afternoon at Bathurst and Steel's, and there's not a chance anybody ever goes in that gym. Right. Like, right. But downtown, I've been, you know, when we look at condos, they're often yeah, you know, people quite in there. full. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. And that's another thing I want to point out about maintenance fees, guys, is like most of us pay at least $100 a month for a gym membership, right? And so if you are, if you have a good, some of these condo gyms are better than my gym. Yeah. And if you are going to use the gym and that is included in the maintenance fees, you have to think of that. That's a huge savings. Mm-hmm. Like I, for example, pay, you know, memberships for gym, a membership for a pool, a mem- membership to play tennis, right? If I had a gym that had all of those things included in my condo, I would be saving hundreds of dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're going to use it, Mm -hmm. right, they're not always way out of whack. I Mm -hmm. mean, I think these are things that are really important Mm -hmm. to really consider, Mm -hmm. you know. What else is important when you're looking at condos? Do you ever, do you take your clients down to look at the locker and the parking spot? Sometimes the parking, because I've seen, um, I had had one incident once where I had uh, buyers uh, who were, very difficult people, I might add, who did not like that the parking space had a vent in it. Their oh. parking space had a vent for drainage. Oh. And so, uh, don't ask me why. Mm-hmm. But because of that, now I feel as though everybody should be shown the parking right, spot. Right, you've had an issue, so now you do. Right. I, I typically don't. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. yes. That's because you never had mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I never do again. But no. anyway, that was... Uh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Oh, yeah. I guess they're concerned about backup and flooding. I don't no, know. No, I think it's just <laughs> it's, just right. some people like yeah. that. Um, so, but the locker, I don't. And, oh, no. and, and I'm and, I'm sorry. And these people also had a concern with the locker because the locker was a cage. Yeah. People, if you're buying a condo, most lockers are cages. That's yeah. what they're like. They're not um, walled off, drywalled, you know... Um, like you go to use storage kind of a locker, right? They are caged 
lockers. That's what they are like in, I would say, 90% of the buildings out there. Yeah. So uh, don't be surprised when you go see the locker and it's a cage. Mostly that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the locker and the parking may be on completely different floors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's important to you or you think you're going to be using the locker for something on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know, you, you'll want to go check that out. Is mm-hmm. it far from the elevator? Right. Is your locker the same size as every other? Is it larger or smaller? Right. right. You know, if it's a building that's maybe not that safe, you better look where the parking is. Is the parking really far from the front door or from the door into the into the lobby? All right. Now I'm going to be it checking dark? it from now on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, the big issue I have with clients or when they go to see condos is the whole issue of what defines either a den or a bedroom. Well, that's a good one. That is the, the biggest conversation yeah. I have looking at yeah. condos because, you know, it can vary. I saw one yesterday that was a one plus one, so a one bedroom and a den. And the den had a closet, had a window, had a door. By all yeah, means, by all def- definitions, would have been a bedroom. Yeah. Whereas in other condos, it's like a little it's an nick, it, little <laughs> nick in the wall. And um, I yeah. don't. There seems to be. I don't know if there's any um, regulation around what a den is. I thought I knew what it was around a bedroom, but this was not called a bedroom. Yeah, but. I don't think there is around a den. No, I think the I legal think so. issues, and this is that's a great point because for, mm-hmm. for everybody who's interested in knowing or when something is a bedroom, a bedroom technically, legally, is supposed to have both a closet and some sort of either window or um, – uh, window to outside or window to the interior of the unit that allows natural light. Yeah. So sometimes, often, dens are so large that they can be considered bedrooms. You could functionally use it as you a could bedroom, functionally but use legally it, it wouldn't be called a bedroom. Right. But I have seen incidents and have done myself listed a, a den as a bedroom when we have installed a closet that stays. And a door that may have, say, for example, windowed panels that will allow natural light to come in. Mm -hmm. And because the size, I feel some justification in calling that a bedroom. Mm -hmm. So dens, on the other hand, is really what the builder called it. Yeah, that's why I think this one was called a den. I think that's the only reason. Because sometimes they are. It's it's like a notch. Mm -hmm. And... And so, you know, when you're looking at the listings, make sure you look at the measurements, right? right? Um, and and obviously, like, let's think about this logically. If it's 500 square feet and it's called a two-bedroom <laughs> or a bedroom plus a den, it's probably not a bedroom or a den. No. It's probably, like... A little hole in the wall. A hole in the mm-hmm. wall, mm-hmm. right? All together, mm-hmm. it's the, in the bedroom yeah. itself... Yeah, probably won't be able to yeah, fit. That's frustrating showing clients and trying to uh, manage their expectations. When you know we'll be looking in a place, we'll be standing in the middle of it, and like, where? What do they? What are they calling the yeah, den? What's the den? Um, <laughs> you see where that desk is right there? That's the den. Yeah, yeah and so. that's why, guys, if you are familiar with condos downtown, why the builders started building these. St- 
they're and they're called bowling. I'm going to call them a bowling alley. Every single unit is long and skinny, long and skinny. There's no there's no deviation to them. And in the middle of the long and skinny bowling alley unit, they've stuck a room with glass doors. Yes, very. And that is now called a bedroom, and that's the builder's way of making the cheapest possible right unit. Yeah. That people can buy, and yeah. they are sliding, you know, corner yeah. sliding glass, yeah. fake glass doors. Yes, and um, the, not my favorite, not my favorite layout. That's no. for sure. Very common though. B- very mm-hmm. common. Um, and so you know, you have to, I think, look at the pictures, look at these three D floor plans. And then figure out if that's going to work. If you're a single person and it doesn't matter, you're not right. having guests over all the time, it's maybe not that big of a deal. Right. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, great mm-hmm. point about the mm-hmm. den. Yeah, that's a big conversation that I have with clients. Yeah. I think the other problem I see a lot is just um, a lot of these condos have given you no place to put a TV. It's just, there's no structure of the unit enough that there's a place to put a TV in a couch or a chair to watch it. And so maybe that's the way of our our world now mm-hmm. maybe most people don't watch tv mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> right but uh mm-hmm. yeah but that's how it is yeah that's true mm-hmm. yeah so uh balcony size also important now when we talk about balconies you know a lot of places don't have balconies and where we see that most of the time is when you have a hard loft now lofts i think everybody is familiar with the term loft the hard lofts especially in uh, the major cities, are the buildings that have been retrofitted at some point that were once factories or uh, commercial spaces, and they have been retrofitted to become lofts. Most of those do not have outdoor space. Yep. And that is because they were never built like that. They haven't really changed the exterior to a lot of these buildings. Uh, they have no outdoor space at all. They have a lot of advantages, a lot of charm, lot of but charm. that's one thing you're getting exactly. giving up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what's a soft loft compared to a hard loft? So, a soft loft is a build a building that was built to be Purpose a loft. Built. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, lots more of those in yeah. the city. You know, I could name probably. Yeah. Eight hard lofts, the only ones I can think of, but soft lofts, there's one million of them. Yeah. Now, what is considered a loft right. as opposed to like a soft loft or a hard loft as as opposed to like an actual unit? Really, a lot of that just depends on how the agent or how the building is marketing the property because you could have uh, a space that is, for example, you know, lofts are typically high ceilings, open space. Raw, um, raw, mm-hmm. uh, you know, raw lots in of terms term. of like exposed, exposed, mm-hmm. either a brick or cement or piping, yeah, or the piping, just that the character vents, that you would think yeah. of as a lot, even when yeah. they're new, yeah. But what we see a lot of times now for those lofts is that uh, they also quite fre- frequently are two level, right? And so maybe a person has listed that as a two level condo as opposed to a loft right. condo, right? Um, so, you know, you've just got to look at really mm-hmm. delve a little deeper into what those are. Because some buildings, like I'm thinking of a lot of the buildings in the uh, Liberty Village, for mm-hmm. example, would have kind of a mix of traditional condos mm-hmm. right. as well as loft style right. where they're two level and open concept and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hard lofts, yeah, those are some, I think, the most unique properties in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree. There are some... 
some just some amazing ones mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just have to know with those. You know what I'm in love with is uh, church conversions. Oh my oh, God. That I one would kill on Sunnyside. Yeah. They just had a fire, which is I such know. a shame. I was like, oh, it's my favorite building. It's gorgeous. I my God. I 99. Kind of I think it's 99 yeah. Sunnyside. It is. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. 90 Sumac, I love too. Mm-hmm. And 68 Broadview. Yeah. Oh, there's some great, mm-hmm. some great units out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, no outdoor space. So mm-hmm. now, but remember though, everyone, like you often get a rooftop patio or something like that. Um, maybe not as, that doesn't sound as charming during COVID maybe because you feel like you're locked in all mm-hmm. the time. Right. But just something to think about, right. like you will get some outdoor space. Well, everything is a compromise. Everything so is a compromise. So you just have to realize and choose what's important to you. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, now let's talk about locations. So we've got, you know, number of, I mean, condos are all over the city. Um, certainly a lot of different groupings of buildings all over the place. You know, you've got to, I think back to, if you think you're going to buy a condo and you've got an X amount of money to spend, you got to start thinking about where you want to be. Um, you know, there's certain areas where you have a lot more um, inventory per se, like I'm even thinking um, in the Etobicoke region where you've got all those buildings along the lakefront and lots of inventory there. Mm-hmm. It keeps the price a little bit lower right. than some. Yeah, I guess you have to think about a combination of factors. You know, what is your money going to get you in different locations? And what is your priority? What's important to you? Yeah. Is it... Um, being in a particular location and you're willing to go smaller or without amenities, for example, to get that? Or is that less important to you and you just want space? Mm -hmm. And so you're willing to go a bit further afield. And uh, uh, so I guess with freehold, that's the case too. But it's the same issue. You've got to prioritize your, um, you know, your must-have list and your would-like-to-have list and make your decision. But they're certainly everywhere. Yeah. Um, and they're everything, as we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, from high rise to low rise to everything in between. Everything in between. And I think another thing that I would say um, just to keep in mind is that, you know, some people just want newer buildings. Yeah. But the newer buildings are always smaller. Yeah. So for the same money in an older building, which is going to be a little bit of a different feel in the most, maybe you get a lower ceiling. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, you get more space. Yeah. And so maybe they're not as sexy as yeah. some of these new buildings, but they're more spacious. And I right. think that's important for so people that's too. So that's a gut call and you have to know yourself and, wh- and what you want and how you're going to live. Exactly. And how uh, how long, like, like those, these little what you call bowling alleys or shoe boxes, like, you know, if to think about how long can I see myself living there yeah. before I outgrow it. And right. so that's part of your decision as well. Right. Yeah. Or is it just a simply a, you know... Uh, city home, right? Because yeah. a lot of people have property outside the city and they yep. just buy a little tiny thing in the city that they can yeah. stay in when they're going to the theater or something yeah. like that. Not that we have that anymore. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, lots of considerations, I think. You know, don't certainly don't shy away from them just because you think you have to pay fees or whatever. Like, you really have to understand and get a handle on what that means. Mm-hmm. It's an adjustment, I would say, for mm-hmm. people going from a home, a house, to a condo. Mm-hmm. There are some psychological hurdles you have to get over. Mm-hmm. I think I find it a lot easier, you know, if you, to go from renting to a condo mm-hmm. um, without that house step yet. Um, so you just, you have to wrap your health, yourself around what that means. Um, Noise is another one, yeah. right? Like some of them, if you're not used to sort of yeah. having neighbors, yeah, you've got neighbors. Yeah. 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 Different noises. Um, 
you know. Sharing the elevator. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's all kind of obvious stuff, but yeah. it's but it's worth mentioning cause, yeah. because you're right. People are not necessarily expecting yeah. what they get sometimes when yeah. they... I think with particularly with people who might be downsizing or even just right-sizing, going from a house to a condo, that, you know, the first kind of, first couple of times going out can be, uh, oof, I didn't mm-hmm. realize. And uh, that can, but, you know, there's so many advantages. That oh, yeah. I find people quickly get over that sticker shock and that expectation shock. Um, so we've talked a little bit about what to look for when you go and see a condo. Um, is buying a condo, the actual process, any different than buying a house? The only real difference that we have is that you're not getting a home inspection, with the condo, but you're getting what we call the status certificate. Right. And so every condo corporation has money in the reserve fund. So your maintenance fees go toward paying all the stuff in the condo, you know, all the maintenance that goes into the pool or the parking or whatever it is. But it also goes into what we call a reserve fund. And the reserve fund will be hopefully healthy enough and cover any unforeseen expenses. Mm Mm-hmm. So things like, um, you know, you need to replace all the windows in the building or there's, I mean, every, just like every structure in the world, things need updating and repairs. And so you have to make sure there's enough money in the reserve fund in order to pay for Mm -hmm. those repairs. Right. So when you're purchasing a condo, one of the things that you need to do and your lawyer needs to do is look at that status certificate, figure out whether or not there's enough money there and whether the condo's, you know, health is uh, is good, yeah. You know, it's a good, healthy, healthy condo. It's run well. Um, there's nothing coming down the pike that's going to hurt the unit owners. Yeah. So sometimes we will see, uh, you know, an example of well, the windows. We've had it. We've all heard about all the problems with windows in the city from builders where glass is just falling out of windows. So there have been a number of buildings that I can think of that have needed to replace that those uh, windows and it's cost a fortune. And when they're relatively new, there's not enough money in the reserve fund to cover that. So then all of a sudden you get what's called a special assessment. Mm -hmm. And a special assessment is when the condo corporation says, we don't have enough money in the reserve fund to pay for all of this stuff. So sorry, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Unit owner, you now owe us $20,000 this year in order to cover this cost. Right. Um, and, and that's unfortunate. So the status certificate, when you get that and your lawyer reviews it when you're buying a condo, should say whether there's anything coming up yeah. in that regard. Yeah. That's right. And lawyers like to see it, that status certificate, status documentation dated as recently as possible to capture anything as yeah. much as they can about what might be happening. But, you know, that special assessment situation you mentioned is a risk at any time in the future. Cause mm-hmm. Just because it's not in the stati- status certificate at this time mm-hmm. means it hasn't happened yet. That's right. But, yeah. but that's one, another thing you have to think about when buying a condo is that maintenance fees will go up and that yeah. there at, could be, or there may probably never will be, but there could be a special assessment. That's right. And maintenance fees do go up. Yeah. They go up. It, maybe it's only yeah. a couple bucks a year. Well, everything goes up. Everything goes so up. The cost, so that's not a, a But surprise. I get this all the time. Yeah. As people will say to me, well, it has are to my go fees going to go up? Hydro going up? Go up. Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing I tell people, because I do uh, firmly believe that every condo buyer should have access to the status uh, paperwork and have a lawyer review it, is if anything is critical to you, 
um, other than those financial um, issues, uh, make sure you tell your lawyer that and ask him to look at those things too. So, for example, pets. whether you can have pets, whether you can yeah. have a barbecue on your balcony, whether yeah. things like that. That's right. Whether you can have drapes of a different color. Yes. That'll all be in the status certificate. So exactly. if there's anything important, that's the time to ask. Yeah. If there's anything critical, I yeah. guess. Um, and that's a good point too about the uh, owning a condo. You know, people have to understand whether or not you can renovate. Yeah. And what that looks like from yeah. the condo corporation's perspective. If you want to replace all the floors or put a new kitchen in, is there going to be a problem? You have to get permission. So yeah. it's not like you can just start ripping walls out. You have to get permission from the condo corporation before you can go ahead with those repairs. Some people don't like to be told what to do. Right. That would so be that's at your original debating, am I a condo person or a freehold exactly. person? So if that kind of thing would really trigger you, then you're you're probably not you're a You're not a condo person, person. Yeah. exactly. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to point out about the status certificate is I find interesting is that in my experience, at least 50% of the condos I deal in have lawsuits, yeah. pending lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, it could be something ridiculous. I, I had one recently. This is just kind of a funny story where the woman, some woman was suing the corporation because her parking spot was too far from the elevator. She bought the place with the parking spot, but for some reason she thought it was worthy of her suing these people for, I think it was close to a million dollars. So that's something that's on the records and is part of the... It's part of, yeah. And it costs money. It costs money for the condo corporation to fight. fight. Mm -hmm. And so even though, you know, it probably won't, this particular lawsuit probably won't go anywhere, it is definitely worthy of making sure that you understand all of what's going on in that status Mm -hmm. um, and take your chances either way. Right. It's just like, uh, and just like buying a house in this um, very strong real estate market, just as with a house you want, if you expect to be in competition, you want to go in as um, palatable to the sellers as possible. And that often means going in with a firm offer rather than a conditional offer. Just like that in a condo, um, if you can go in with a firm offer, you're, um, if you're in competition especially, that puts you in a much better position. So some listing agents um, setting an offer date and knowing there's going to be a lot of interest in the property will go ahead and order that status for certificate before or while mm-hmm. the property is on the market. So you could have the opportunity to uh, have your real estate lawyer review it before submitting your offer, eliminating yeah. the need for a condition. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I... I yeah, have, and it has... It is absolutely no risk to you to do that. No. If your lawyer reviews it, yeah. it's just like having the home inspection in advance, yeah, that's right? It's just the equivalent of yeah. a pre-listing home inspection. There is no disadvantage yeah. of yeah. you doing that in advance and yeah. going in with a firm offer. And yeah. most lawyers are not going to charge you to review it because they're going to end up with your deal at the end yeah. of the day. And it's not uh, a ton of work for them to do anyway. It's really not. Yeah, they, they can turn it around quickly. See. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's about usually for most lawyers it takes a day or two. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of condition if you yeah. had to put it in that you would put, you know, yeah. status review for, yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, anything else we forgot to mention? I feel like that was a l- lengthy conversation about no, condos. No, I, I think that's good. I, I will say one thing you said at the beginning is that you, uh, unlike a freehold purchase, you don't do a home inspection on a condo. And that's tr- so true, except 
<laughs> the odd buyer client <laughs> wants to do that. Yeah. Okay. So let's and, talk about that yeah. because that's asinine. Okay. I, I, it, I know. You don't own anything in there. Okay. So your home inspection that you've just paid $400 for is for you, them to look at the fridge and the stove. They can only talk about what's inside your unit and what they can see. Right. They so can only talk about the appliances. I had one this week on the place I was selling in Mississauga, whose maintenance fees, by the way, covered everything, even cable TV. Okay. Everything. And somebody put in, they wanted to do a home inspection. Mm-hmm. And I said, first of all, we had, we had 14 offers. So why you're putting up any conditions in is a whole other story. But mm-hmm. anyway, and yeah, in the status certificate, which I had already given to them, oh. but they still wanted to have it anyway. So I said, why would you want to do a home inspection? You do realize that you don't own anything in here, right? Other than the appliances. Yeah. You can't change the windows, you can't change the roof, you can't change the heating system or the air conditioning system. Yeah. Are you really going to pay all that money to have someone just look to at make the appliances, sure your appliances work. which yeah. were brand new? Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at yeah. all. If yeah. you have a condo townhome that has, you know, you're responsible for the windows. I can't even think of any that this would be the case, but you're responsible for the patio, the windows, the roof. Okay, maybe. But that is never mm-hmm. the only the pushback I get from people who uh, ask for it, and I always I don't use the word asinine, but I always <laughs> feel that is uh, an issue. I think they've heard in the media and has troubled some people is about the type of plumbing. Well, type plumbing. and then I'll say, say that's in the that'll be in the status. In the status, yeah. yeah. So you don't need this condition no. for that. That kind of thing will be in the status. Yeah, and we but, should just have a small mention about Kitech plumbing because that was one thing I wanted to talk okay, about. Yeah. Because if you haven't heard of Kitech plumbing, Kitech plumbing was something that was put in a lot of Toronto buildings around 15 or so years ago and it is a type of plumbing that just like so many things in our history of building was like the greatest thing since sliced bread in our history of life with anything yes everybody everybody put on (laughs) put in the kitech plumbing yeah and then there were some incidents of flooding with kitech and all of a sudden, Kitech became like the antichrist of <laughs> yeah. of building uh, yeah. materials, yeah. and so there are lawsuits against buildings because they put Kitech plumbing in. It, it's a problem. So, Kitech itself, everyone, there was no reason to panic. It is a total stigma. It's kind of like knob and tube. The insurers don't like it. Um, you know, no one likes it. But it's if you have it in your unit. Get it replaced at some point, but don't worry about it. And if you have it replaced in your unit, still the building probably has it. So there was a real push on most condos to replace all this plumbing, I would say, about five years ago. Where, yeah. like, pull the Kitech out, put new stuff in. Every unit owner, you know, has to do it within six months. Now I'm seeing that less and less. The yeah. buildings that have it in there, the, there's no, it's like, eh, do it if you want, don't do it, we don't care. Yeah, and yeah, I just uh, had a listing of a building that has Kitech. And as part of the status certificate, they have annual engineering reports that say, yes, there's Kitech. No, there's no risk. Yes. So we're not doing we anything about it. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. That's right. And, uh, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, it's it's very similar to a lot of, uh, you know, different types of insulation materials yeah. and things that have been used Over in the, the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
wiring, um, you know, I would say with any of these things for everybody, whatever the panic is about whatever you have in your house, that's the panic du jour. Yeah. Just let it ride for a yeah. year or and two. It's certainly and not be, a reason to have no. a home inspection because it will be in it'll the It'll be in the status. status. Everything's in the status. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't worry so much about that. Uh, yeah, I think that was all I wanted to say. I yep. think that was the last mm-hmm. the last point. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Awesome. Good. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Please follow us on all of our social media channels, the Janelle Cameron team. And, uh, of course, if you've enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you. Also love it if you would subscribe so that you can uh, download future episodes. We release them weekly. And we thank you once again for listening. Look forward to next time and happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from REMAX Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com, that's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com, or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.